0: Yo, what's really good with you guys today? This is Gift, Gift, Time and Baylor with Rugby Swag. we got a great show for you today. We're talking USA Rugby, breaking streaks and noise. We got Major League Rugby changing up their game schedule in total. Look, France is not going to have their best player for the Six Nations. And, of course, we're about to learn who are the strongest brands in rugby. And last, of course, but not the least, referees are getting a pay raise and so much more. Y'all, this is Rugby Swag. We got a great one for you, but let's hit that intro first. I think the minute I stepped on our practice field for rugby, the calling happened. An eight-year plan to be on the team, and I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Right. And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes, and they're like, what is this child on? I mean, it looks like it was a heavy hit. Yeah. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time i played, like, professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And those two Scottish guys, and I said, oh, you're um, you're here for the movie. So that Rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. He looked at me and he said, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. My name is Gift, Gift, Time and Bailey. Welcome to Rugby Swag, the show where we talk about things rugby. Of course, that's happening now, today and forever and all the things that are opportunities coming along with it. Like I said, we have a great show for you today. So first and foremost, I want to let you guys know, y'all can be a part of the conversation as well. Just jump on the live, of course, look for the time on YouTube and we will let you know what is going to go on. But until then, if you guys can you get a chance to catch this, definitely please don't forget to like and subscribe. Please go ahead and check out us on uh, social media, Rugby Swag Show on Instagram. I still need to change this, but Gift A. Bayloo on X or Gift Time Rugby. Gift Time Rugby on Facebook, on YouTube, and of course on TikTok to get more information that we get on a day-to-day. Happy Thanksgiving to all of y'all as well too because uh, yo, it's Thanksgiving week because we're not going to forget Thanksgiving. For Christmas. All right. We will not forget Thanksgiving for Christmas. And I am thankful to be able to have this opportunity to be able to do the things that we can do because we got the rugby love that's going on. And obviously you can tell by the background. I'm out here visiting family as well. But for those that can't see the background, don't forget, you guys can also check this out on podcasts. You can check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon music, and of course, iHeartRadio radio, because we like to be everywhere all at the same time. So as we're about to get started, yo, I got to let you know, we got to take care of our people who take care of us. So let's listen to our sponsor and we're going to get back with our first subject because man, rugby is making changes. We'll be right back. Yo, I'm going to let you get right back to it, but I want to talk to you about one of my favorite brands that are out there right now. Actually, I'm going to show you right quick. This is ketogenic coconut bread mix. This is a specialty flour blend that allows me to be able to eat almost whatever cakes that I want. Now, coconut is not typically one of my favorite flavors, but this has absolutely killed. And it's not just because it has great taste, not because it's just easy to make, but it's because it is absolutely not going to destroy my stomach. It is gluten-free but not nasty. Uh, this is something that has been going on, and this company, Health Enhanced Food, has so many other options to be able to do and provide and customize to the needs that I wanted to. And this is something that I think we all know, especially in this world, it's hard to eat grain flour nowadays. It's not good. It's destroying the stomach. People are getting new and new diseases, and you need to have some new alternatives. So I suggest definitely go check out Health Enhanced Foods. See what kind of bread you can make. And no, it takes 20 minutes to be able to make something from it. They have a slew of options, and they are well knowledgeable in the ingredients. Everything is transparent. Everything is made in the U.S. and then some. So – in the meantime, if you guys could support the show and go to Health Enhanced Food and you can use coupon code RUGBYSWAG to be able to get 10% off your first purchase order. That's Rugby Swag, And you guys can go ahead and get your bread journey going on today. That's just your cakes, your pies, your bread, and of course with Thanksgiving and Christmas coming around, you're going to need it. HealthEnhanceFoods.com. Let's get back to it. Yo, let us get us back because we got, like I said, a great show today. Like, it's it's about to be super dope. So I don't want to wait any longer. Let's get to the first subject of the day because I think this might be the biggest one. We are kicking it in with NCR out here changing the game for the referees, increasing salaries for the referees. Y'all, I got to say this one was a big one that came out last week. And, of course, yo, we got to talk about it. Now, first of all, what is NCR, National Collegiate Rugby? It is the association that was best known for dealing with a lot of the smaller grouping of universities that were um, playing college rugby here in the U.S., but they have slowly expanded from their days of being what was formerly known as the National Small College Rugby Organization to now National College Rugby Organization, holding over 100 teams from all levels, Division One, Two, and Small College Division as well. You could say three, but sometimes it's not really three, just population-wise but they have been out here trying to change the game bit by bit They are known for being the owners and current uh, managers for the collegiate Rugby conference championship the collegiate <laughs> rugby championships for sevens uh, if you don't know you know them with uh, their men's and women's national championships they always always seem like they have another championship game in cycle and that plays into what we're about to talk about today because uh, the last this past week, They announced that they are raising the prices for referee fees for national championship games. That's right. You heard it correctly. They're raising the prices. Prices used to be one hundred and fifty dollars for an event for each referee. And, you know, you go. And honestly, you know, whenever it's a ref, it's hard. It's hard. But, you know, you do what you do because you love the game. NCR said, bet, I'm going to show you that 150 and I'm going to 10 times it. And they said, we're going $1,500 to be a ref for one of our national championships, for men's and women's national championships. $1,500. Now, the breakdown is a little bit more uh, acute. So the breakdown is uh, $1,500 for a Division I men's and women's national championship. Uh, it is $1,000 for a Division II division one 2 a championship uh a seven hundred dollars for division two and seven hundred dollars for small college and I think the one that actually makes the biggest change on it is the AR position so those are the guys that are holding the flags on the sideline they are now getting paid 750 uh 500 500 and 350 per game depending on the level that they play which is massive That is a massive shift. Uh, NCR has been really trying to make a push to separate themselves from the rest of the masses, which I think is really important. If you don't know, USA Rugby controversy, they in it in their own thing, which is, you know, it's all about CRAA, College Rugby uh, Association of America versus NCR, the split of college rugby. Obviously, the the, the, cons- the conspiracy, if you don't know, the controversy between NCR and USA Rugby in terms of uh, uh, membership dues and fee payouts and what is equitable, what is right. Um, you know, each side has their side. You know, it's not my argument to have, but this is one that we actually get a chance to talk about a little bit. Um, but in this situation, NCR is really making a push to be progressive with it. Obviously, their biggest push was with the CRCs uh, and purchasing them up after the passing of um, uh, the previous owner and being able to try and scale that up, starting in New Orleans, moving it out to Houston. uh, And they're really trying to be progressive. Then it was them creating Friday Night Rugby, well, establishing Friday Night Rugby and trying to have a game every Friday night in the same way that you would have uh, high school rugby, or you would have your Thursday night football to be able to create a consistency of game for people to be able to watch. And of course, now we're talking about increasing the ref fees. And what makes these fees even more uh, significant is that these fees are actually really close to the same pay that international refs are getting now. And had a chance to go look because, you know, I had to go research for you guys I had a chance to go check out what some of the costs were for the uh, referees in international levels and actually the rookie refs would actually can actually be found being paid somewhere around $500 per game um in that uh, and you can go as high as maybe even up to 16 uh 1700 per game uh, for professional uh, refs it starts at about 1500 Per game and can go as high as twenty eight hundred per game. This is sourced from the sun. So, you know, it's it's taken with the grain, not great assault. The sun's reputable, uh, reputable publication in in Great Britain. Um, So, you know, NCR paying fifteen hundred dollars for your referees for a national championship event is pretty legit right there. That is legit and making competitive prices. The other significance is incentivizing more referees to be able to uh, come in, trying to recruit more referees, because one of the hardest things that's happening right now is that there's just not enough referees per games. And if you have ever tried to put together a tournament like these are hard to get by, you still have to do your credit, uh, your classwork. You still have to get your licensing. Uh, to be able to increase in your level for your referees. And, of course, that becomes more and more difficult. And a lot of people don't want to be refs because you're seeing referee abuse. I don't know if it's necessarily increasing. I feel like it's just being reported better because I feel like referee abuse has been pretty common, even from an international level or whether from a uh, you know local grassroots level, even in the country. But it's hard to find people who want to be refs. It's hard to be able to get people who – are being told to stop playing because after a certain level, you can't actually play um, matrix games of any sort uh, as a ref. So uh, getting that combination has been a challenge, but this is a way to be able to incentivize not just more, but higher level and also incentivizes them to want to continue to increase their levels of pay. Now, is it sustainable over a period of time? That's to be determined. I think whenever you have membership dues, it makes it – At least, you know, a certain amount of your revenue that will come in. Uh, So at least from that standpoint, you can, you know, be able to cover it. But I think the hope is that as time goes on, you're increasing your attendance per game. So your event revenue increases. Obviously, uh, they do a lot of their games. NCR does a lot of games through YouTube. Shout out to Ryan Ginty of Next Level Rugby, uh, who produces the majority of those games for, NCR, you can actually find his interview on our our, uh, our channel. Uh, I don't remember what number it is, but you can definitely check it out. It's one of the earlier ones, but um, they're actively trying to do things. So I give a lot of kudos to NCR for making this uh, risky push to be able to make refereeing a lot more lucrative. I do worry it makes it difficult for other tournaments uh, to some extent, especially when you want to put together a high level one. But at the same time, it puts the challenge to make sure that you can compensate your referees the right way, because these tournaments can be very, very difficult to put together and very difficult to fund. So um, wait for them to go do it. Like, I just want to know what your thoughts are on it. And of course, let you know, you guys can always engage with us. We live out here, baby. We live, so hit us in the comments if you got any thoughts or feelings on it. I'm here for it. But, um, yeah, in the meantime, Leo, let's move on to our next story of the day. We got the beauty of Rugby Sevens in the Olympics coming up. It's, we are literally uh, eight months away from the Olympics. Uh, in June, Rugby Sevens comes back. We are back. All right. Sorry. Right. I'm getting a little bit of a delay on our internet issues. But we have a big one. Antoine Dupont is now switching from rugby 15s to rugby 7s for the Olympics. And this is absolutely significant. Now, for those who don't know, who is Antoine Dupont? Antoine Dupont is the former captain is the current former captain for the French Rugby team. He was part of the French uh, Rugby World Cup team this past October and September. He had gotten hurt during the Georgia game, which also put a little bit of pressure on that French team to be able to perform. In addition to that, he is one of the top, top 14 players playing for club uh, to, uh Toulon. Uh, he is the 2021 World Rugby Rugby Player of the Year, and he has also been named the best French international rugby player. Now, why is this significant? Because of the fact that DuPont, in his intent, intent to switch, means that he's going to miss the six nations in February to be able to play Olympic sevens. What? That's what? Are you serious? What? And this is the, going to be the first time that an active, uh, active, Inter top level international player will be foregoing major competition in 15s to play in the Olympic sevens. I think that's one that has its multiple controversies that go along with it. Let's talk about it a little bit. So, one of the reasons why that it seems to be a controversy is that typically, I guess, in Europe uh, and other parts, Europe, Japan, the you know, the, the tier one nations. Your players that play sevens, play sevens. Players that play 15s, play 15s. Uh, We've seen examples like Brian Habana, who uh, tried to play sevens uh, with uh, uh, Sonny Bill Williams, who tried to beat the Olympics for 2016 and have tough uh, outcomes with that. Uh, In addition to that, is a major player for the 15s who is a core player, not making it for their. their, their, Major competition in 15s. So that one is offsetting and surprising to the amount of people who would be willing to actually be a part of it. Now, my opinion on all this, I don't actually understand what the big deal out of it is. All right. I get that DuPont is one of the top players in French rugby and one of the top players in the world in 15s. Totally get that. What I don't get was the amount of, let's say, uh pressure that goes along with this because if i remember correctly we've seen this from the women's side where we have the women's sevens teams participating in 15s and vice versa now a lot of people are going to be like well the women's side isn't as difficult bs bs we we've seen it and in fact i would have initially thought that in the Mixture and combination of a sevens team and a 15s team would actually make the most sense, especially in the back line. You want sevens players who have the pace, the speed, and the continuity to be able to be part of your 15s back line. And you want to have that same one if you can get a couple of your forwards to be able to be pressing on your sevens side. Like that would make the most natural combination. I, I always reference back to the 2017. Women's Rugby World Cup and the USA team that took the women's seven side back line and the women's uh 15s forwards combined them into a powerhouse team. We've seen it with all the, the Black Ferns, with Portia Woodman and uh, 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 Sarah Wycliffe and all of them going from 15s to 7s and back and being absolutely dominant across the board. Now, could it mean like less, you know, positions for play for players? For sure, and I guess that can be its own thing. But when it comes down to it, I, I don't understand what the biggest deal. Now, the other thing that I've read and seen everywhere is the fact that people will say that the way that you play rugby 7s and the way that you play rugby 15s are different, and so you have to shift. Yeah, it's called shifting your seasons. In the U.S., in football, you if you play football, you either did football, basketball, and track or football and track. And you know what you have to do? You have to adjust your, uh, your play time, adjust the way that you are seeing the game, adjust the way that you work out so you can accommodate for that season. It's called being a multi-sport athlete. So to not be a multi-sport athlete does not make any sense to me whatsoever, whatsoever. And it's actually a little bit shocking that this is even considered a big deal. Like It was dropped on the news as it. The other part is some people don't feel like Rugby 7s is real. I mean, we're. I feel like if we were back in two thousand four, two thousand seven, maybe this could be legitimate. But it's it's twenty twenty three. We've already gone two Olympic runabouts. Um, we've already we, we've established uh, HBC HSBC sevens for the better part of the last ten years, fifteen years at this point. Like, it's a legitimate sport at this point. It's not the practice side of 15s. 15s is no more legitimate than 7s. And I'm going to add one more caveat on here that I don't think people are talking about, and that's branding. And hugely, and we're going to talk about branding a little bit later on, but branding in this situation is massive because this is a platform that most of the world will actually be watching, unlike the Rugby World Cup where a fraction of the actual viewing audience is going to be paying attention. And we're talking about a limited number of actual players that are going to be, not players, I'm sorry, limited number of actual countries that would be participating in that. This one has the ability to be crossover. So this is a situation where you have the chance to actually elevate your personal brand, elevate the name of your country, elevate your teams, and so in in Dupont situation would be with Stod- uh, a stodge Toulon with Toulon, um, or would be with bringing more attention to French rugby and increasing the brand there because this is the one where people make or break the most. This is where br- uh, 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 sponsors really kick in. So I would hope that there would be more rugby players from fifteens that are trying to do it. And perfect example of one that's actually trying to do that now is, of course, Michael Cooper, who finally is getting a chance to be part of the Olympic team. I think he was part of the 20, obviously, the 2021-2022, the, 2020-2021 the, the uh, Olympic team, disappointing Uh, Olymp- Australian rugby team. But he missed the 2016 because Eddie Jones hates him. And obviously, he missed this Rugby World Cup because Eddie Jones hates him. Uh, But he's another one who's trying to sign off his career in this element uh and could have a chance to elevate his name because you have the uh financials you have the eyes you have the awareness you have something that can take it over the top and bring that back and australia rugby needs all the attention that it needs and i don't care what anybody says it needs all the attention that it could get uh so in this one using his swan song but let me know what your thoughts are if you guys can't do it in the comments Absolutely hit us on the DMs, hit us in the uh on our, our post. Uh like I want to know what your guys' thoughts are. Like from the European side, I know I have a lot of people that are from uh Europe and from South Africa. Like, you guys have a much deeper connection with 15s than you do with sevens. So tell me why is this so significant for you? Because from the American side, we're so used to having to play both 15s and sevens. It doesn't seem like this is an unnatural connection this seems very very um you know by the book by all intents and purposes so let me know what you guys thoughts on this one is because frankly I think this is the best and I don't know what the biggest deal about this is all right all right next up man we got the great competition mlr yo I'm bringing it back domestically baby u s rugby news and we got made mlR announcing its new competition format for twenty twenty four Now, if you guys don't know, we've added a team, uh, we've moved a team, and uh, we've now replaced a team that was there. So we have a new L.A. franchise, Sands and Atlanta franchise, but gained a Miami franchise for all intents and purposes. And as a result, we're seeing some switches in the way that we're doing the format, and I think it also plays into how we want to see the money get done. Now, we know first and foremost – MLR is now breaking up from two divisions, West and the East, to now three, which clearly is time zones and not so much just like, oh, we just want to separate it. So we got the West Division with Los Angeles, San Diego Legions, Seattle Seawolves, and the Utah Warriors. We have the Central Division that's going to be carrying Chicago Hounds, Dallas Jackals, NOLA Gold, Houston SaberCats. Oh, we're taking the Louisiana Purchase route. And then lastly, we got the east side, which is going to be the Toronto Arrows, New England Free Jacks, I'm sorry, the current MLR champion, New England Free Jacks, the New York Ironworkers, Old Glory DC, and of course, the newly newly acquired uh, or newly created Miami Sharks. And I think this is actually great. We got five in the east side, so I know that's going to be a little bit of a, a track offset, but I mean, it is what it is. It's part of the growth. It was going to have an uneven until you can put find two more teams to be able to put in. And I think there's been obviously talks to be able to get teams in Tennessee. There's talks about teams. Uh, man, I forgot. There's one other place that it's supposed to be, I can't remember whether the place, but. I know that they are in talk to be able to get these teams over into these places. So uh, to see what they could possibly do, obviously, I can live with the three divisions. I just love the fact that we're talking time zones. Now, I know there are some people that I saw in some of the Internet conversations that talked about the fact that, like, why would they split it into these zones? Why make it, uh, you know, more difficult for a team like I mean, honestly, there's not really a difficulty to this like shifting Chicago maybe over more west or something like that and just do east and west versus and to central. And for me, I'm a strong believer that, yeah, keep it in the central time zones. One, it's easier for travel, especially if these are the games that you're going to do the most. And two, it makes it easier for them to actually create levels as to when these games are going to get played so that you don't have – What happened last year, especially during the playoffs, these stupid crossover moments where two games are playing at the exact same time, you don't want that to happen. It it creates horrible, horrible situation with your viewing numbers. Now, the interesting part that changes with this is the season format. All right. Season format is going to go as such. Each team plays every other team at least once. So we got a 16-game schedule that we have coming in. 16-game season, teams will play eight homes, eight away matches. Uh, And, of course, as you know, we clearly have uh, eight plus five, uh, 14 teams coming into this. I did that right, right? 13 teams, sorry. Yeah, 13 teams. So uh, each team will then play every other team in their division twice. Um, the West and Central Division teams will play one will play one other Central West Central and West Division team twice. So basically, those two are tying in with one of those crossover games going twice. And then, of course, like I said, this is a sixteen game format with uh, eight and eight. All right, which is, I think is fair. I mean, it's not too much struggle on the players. I think it's a lot more probably cost effective. <laughs> as well as it is within the time zone of watching it for the players, uh, for the audience. And then lastly, we want to talk the postseason format, which I'm actually really for. This feels very fantasy football, by the way. So we're looking like we're going to be having an eight-seed uh, postseason format, which uh, that means we're legitimately doubling the number of uh, seeds that we have available. We're going to have division winners of each division get automatic bid, so obviously division one uh gets the top bidding uh division the highest record of divisional player gets a top seed Then obviously two and three seeds get automated in so top seed plays eight uh the third seed plays the sixth seed and the second seed plays the seventh seed which again legit Only one that doesn't get an automatic bid is the fourth and the fifth seed. So if you're middle of the tier, you're doing work, but I think you got a little bit of a break. And then from there, it gets broken down into the semifinals and then into the finals for whatever it is going to be there. Um, And then, uh, obviously, and those will be based off of league standing. So pretty standard for how it is. I'm actually really happy that they're doing this. I think more games in this format is better. Uh, hopefully that learning from the championship game in Chicago also lets them know about putting more emphasis on the entertainment that goes into these playoff games. And hopefully not just the championship games, especially in this first year of the quarterfinals being this um, increased. Um, and obviously that should be something that you can be able to pay out for if you're talking about from a structure that is uh, far more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Far more. uh Marketable to say the least, you know. So, I'm really happy for what they're trying to do on this one. Uh, like, I, I it, it last year, you know, we know it, it, if you paid attention, there's a lot of controversies going on in, in terms of how the fee structure and if the MLR can hold. But I think that this is one way that we're going to be able to see, um, at least some upward incline. For this this format and see what this Miami Sharks team, because now anybody can still get into it. Eight, whenever you have what, only five teams that can't make it into the the playoffs, that's significant. That's really significant, man. I I love that. I love that. Better than the the four that would only be allowed and then broken down into its so and so semifinals. Just didn't feel as as heavy. So good deal for this one. And also can last a lot longer. Like I said, let me know what you guys think about this. I want to know your thoughts. I want to know your feelings. I want to know how it's getting down for you guys. But, yo, in the meantime, hey, look, man, we got to, we got to hit it up. All right, we got to take care of those that take care of us. We'll be right back after these messages. Check it out. Hey, everybody. This is just the break. translating out a personal little video diary to all you people out there. Where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Woo! Yeah! Woo! where are we? Where are you? We're oh. in no. morning, Linda! Mount Fuji, baby! Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, set yeah. yeah. Rugby is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Watch the full adventure at crugby.vhx.tv. That's C like S-E-E rugby.vhx.tv. Welcome back, yo. So we got the next one coming up. Of course, we got to talk some of the USA Rugby men. And look, I'm a big advocate of being critical about USA Rugby. But look, whenever you do what you're supposed to do, you deserve the celebrations that you deserve, all right? And in this moment, we got to call it for exactly what it is. All right. This is the moment for them because e. hey. <laughs> yeah. hey, the all I do is win, win, win. Got money on my mind. I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. And they say, yeah. And they say. That's what I'm talking about. USA men. We finally got one. We got a big one. We won the series. Yo, if you don't know, this was the La Villa International Rugby Trophy Series. USA, Spain, Canada, Brazil. Absolutely coming in there and absolutely showing what it is to be a U.S. nation. All right. We took our region back. All right. 42 to 12. USA over Spain. I... I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm hyped for it, all right? Because it's been so long since we gotten a really good win. Like, a really, really good win off of this one. Shout-out rugby uh, for man of the match. Chris Matina absolutely killing it down in Spain with the rest of them. Oh, man, even our roster. We had a great, like, representation on the roster of a little bit of uh, older players, a little bit of um, – uh, younger players like I, I can't lie like this this was one of those things where you can just be like okay let me let me run with this a little bit here uh and it was good to be able to see it looked well coached a little bit janky at times but it was it was well enough coached look whenever you got guys like Dylan Fawcett you got Nate Brakley who you know credit to him giving Doing his uh, Swan song on this one and retiring. Cam Dolan, always a legendary beast with it. Luke White back after God knows how long it's been. You know, uh yeah, Nate Osberger doing his super cut things in the middle as he normally does. And then, of course, you get these newer guys like Ciosa Mahoney, um you know, uh uh, uh you know David Almoon. Uh just, like it was a good solid. Outing, it was nice to absolutely see them dominate. I mind you, it, it took them a moment to, to get back into the position that they needed to. They started off a little bit slow, but yo, that's what I'm here for. I'm look, I'm here for the return back as long as you win where it matters. So, while it also sucks that my Brazilians uh, did not do well, they ended up losing to Canada 40 to 15. But yo, USA, I am liking where Scott Lawrence is taking it, even though I didn't like the fact that we lost. Um, you know, in, uh, 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 I forgot that last game against uh, Chile, but it's okay. It, it, it's okay. It's okay. Sometimes it just be like that. And, and we're looking at a progression over time. And I think that speaks to the real subject of what is it that we do with Scott Lawrence? Because Scott Lawrence right now is under the interim term, interim label of head coach for USA rugby, which I, I don't even understand why. Who are you looking for? Unless Scott Lawrence does not want to be the head coach for USA Rugby, it should be immediately said that he should be the head coach for USA Rugby. Mind you, maybe this is a factor that we're looking still looking for our CEO, so they can't officially appoint him until we have a CEO. But, I mean, Scott Lawrence doesn't lose. The man was killing it whenever he was at Life University. He killed it whenever he was with Atlanta uh, 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 Rugby Atlanta, and he is... Progressively systemizing and structuring a USA men's team that is actually, you know, capable of winning and actually understands the players as well too. I I feel like this is what we want, especially as we're getting ready for this next rugby World Cup cycle, because we got to make up for this missing this last last year. But I think that's what you need. You have to have a guy who understands the country, obviously knows, lives in the country, obviously is capable. Of understanding what is going on within the country and has significant experience. I think the last time we had that was with uh Mike out of um New York, and it was you know took it to an edge. But you know, we we again we we increase and evolve. That was a different time. Um, but I, I just I want to know what what more does he have to do uh to be able to uh become the true head coach. For USA rugby, you know, um, I'm just – there's nothing more. Mike Tolkien, that's who I was trying to think of, Mike Tolkien before. So it'd be nice after we've had, you know, a South African, then New Zealanders, then a South African again, and then, you know, just kind of kicking with the wave of bringing foreign guys. And, again, nothing wrong with foreign guys, but you know what? If it's not working to the extent that it should be working – like, let's go back home. Like, it's almost like whenever you're in football, you start. If you have a defensive head coach, the next one should be an offensive head coach. And if you have an offensive one, probably hire another offensive one and then go to a defensive one. But or or go to a mixed one. Like the key is you need a zig when everybody started when you zagged before so that you can actually find that mixture that should really be working inside there. Like I I, I just I don't get what more he needs to do, but I'm, I'm hoping that it is solely because of the fact that we don't have a CEO officially at this point now. And so it's not time. We got to wait for that to happen. So the board can officially ratify, even though we were able to hire the women's head coach uh, just this last week. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know why we we're not doing it. You know, once again, always. Let me know what your thoughts are on this one. Like, why should Scott Lawrence needs to get this? Like, this dude is dude. that man even posts on social media. Like, and he doesn't even seem like the type that would post on social media, but he does. Between LinkedIn, really, LinkedIn primarily. But like, at least it's it's communicative, you know. And he's he knows it. I mean, I, I've made my point. I've made my point. I need to know what your guys' thoughts are on this one because I I really don't know what could be more in the conversation than to be able to have a uh um you know a USA coach from the. US coaching us especially in a time where we need to really show out and shift it out I don't know but at least on the other side of it we saw USA increasing in the rankings they moved from 18 to 17 with after the beating for Spain Spain would drop down to 20. Uh, Brazil dropped down to 28 by two and Canada up to 21. The only part about this whole thing I don't really understand when it comes to the rankings is that how are we ranked above Uruguay? Like, I don't I don't feel like we should be ranked above Uruguay because they haven't played in the games that they did play. Like they played them really well, even though they didn't win. So I know this is a point system, but I just I don't I don't see it. But I'm glad that we have consi- we're looking for consistency and we got at least a series. A great way to end 2023 and to be able to have some hope to see what's going to happen moving forward into the next one, because that's that's all I really want to be able to see. Can we move on into the next uh, round or not? And if we can't, then you know now we got we got our own set of issues and problems for that. But it's hopeful. It's hopeful. We got the women's side kicking off. We got the seven side about to have their side as well too. Yo, at least 15s. So let's let's end the year on top. That's 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 just on me, you yeah. know. And, yeah. All right. Yo, we're going to be right back. We got uh, just a couple more subjects just remaining. Yo, just hang tight real quick. We're going to get this. Don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. All right. This is Gift, Gift, Diamond, Bailey, Rugby Swag. Definitely check us in the comments. And y'all. If you are trying to be able to get your name out, whether it's for business, whether it's for work, whether you're just trying to do something personal for a friend or family, you need to stop utilizing social media as the sole place where you put all your stuff. You don't know when the algorithms are going to change on you, and you don't know whenever the rules are going to change. So what seemed like it was okay yesterday might not be today. And what does that mean? You need to have your own home, and that means having your own website. That's where Green Geeks comes into play. Now, Green Geeks is a place where you can create and build your website in the cleanest host in the game. I'm talking about environmentally. Not only that, they'll provide you with a free domain name and free template builder so that you don't even have to think about having to create your website. I've used Green Geeks for almost a decade now, and I have been so satisfied By everything that they've been able to provide for me. No matter whether or not I know what I'm doing or I don't, they have 24-7 support for me every single time I need a question answered or I need something to be changed or I need to be updated on any information. And the best part about this is that I'm not limited to any of the websites that need to be used. It uses a WordPress foundation, which allows me to have access to limitless amounts of templates that are available to be able to use for any version of a website that I want to have. And the best thing about it, the best thing about it, it costs me less than $5 per month to do, and that can be the same for you. All I needed to do is click the link in the bio. If you're listening, definitely click it in the description. And if you're watching, definitely click it in the description as well. But you guys, this is something that everybody should do. You don't have to just do e-commerce. Your website is the place where you have control over what you want. That's your house, not their house. And go ahead and get that with Green Geeks. Once again, click the link in the description to be able to get your first Year at under five dollars per month, guys, it's the best decision. I'm telling you, let's get back to it. All right, y'all. Yo, we got a great one coming back. We had a quick question on here that I just wanted to get in touch with first before we get into our next subject, and it's from uh, Neil392 who's asking, I believe it's about the uh NCR paying for uh refs getting paid 1500. For national championship game he asked who pays the home team or both teams or the governing body because this is for the national championships this is going to be by the governing body itself getting paid for it so this one's not coming from the teams obviously this comes from dues and the accumulation from there but because the national event that one's 1500 i think the regular pay still stays for normal games is 150 dollars per and that usually goes to the home team who has to pay for that or or at least can be agreed upon by both. But typically it goes to the home team who's paying for it. And then that one holds consistently. This is solely for your final matches overall, man. Thanks for the response and checking in on that one. I do appreciate that. So getting on to our next subject for uh the day was man, I don't know if you guys know uh wheelchair rugby, but uh we got a dope ass USA wheelchair rugby team. That is sitting out here and I don't think they get a whole lot of coverage. And I think, you know, thankfully this was ironically, it's it's a slow day. So it kind of also helps the fact to be able to talk about them, but um, being able to see what they do is, is legit. And right now they are playing in the para pan uh, pan American games uh, in Chile. Again, just like the pan American games that we had just a couple weeks ago for, uh, uh, for uh, the USA Rugby, just Rugby Union team, USA Wheelchair Rugby is doing it. And they're out here killing it, all right? So first off, they're, for their uh run runner-up matches, they have uh, five games. They're playing against Chile, home team, Argentina, Colombia, Brazil, and Canada. When I tell you this team had been cleaning up, cleaning up, let's look at some of the scores that they had going on, all right? First took on Chile. Obviously, like I on on the eighteenth, uh, three days ago. All right, took on Chile, mollywhopped them sixty two twenty seven. Took on Argentina, mollywhopped them fifty five thirty one. But you know what? Let, let me let me get my mollywhop music. I gotta get my molly, molly music on right. Hold on, give me a second. There we go. Here we go. That's better. Uh Colombia took on Colombia, wallywhopped them fifty seven forty two took on brazil again i don't like that they keep taking on my brazilians all right why why punish my Brazilians? let's keep it close but took them down 54 36 all right but unfortunately today is where the streak ended and of course it has to go to our little brothers up north in canada leaving 41 to 46. honestly this is a streak the usa still go on to the semi-final on this but you know you, you don't never like to see the U.S. win, lose, especially in the region. We need to dominate and own our region all the way through. This is all I'm trying to say, this is all I'm trying to say right now. So, uh, you know, for whatever it's worth, it's still congrats going four and one in the pool play before going into your, sorry, I guess the quarterfinals, you want to say, before going to your semifinals, I'm, I'm not mad at it. You know, we still got a chance, we'll probably end up playing canada again i I don't know but all these games can actually be seen on the uh pan-american uh sports channel it is www.panamsportschannel.org uh hold on let me let me let me make sure i can type it out here real quick let me type it out here it is the m m sports channel Org, and i think that's where you could have also seen the uh the uh, Pan-American games as well. Um, But, you know, those are now past, so I'm I'm not 100% sure. Uh, No, I I am 100% sure. That is where you would have been able to see them as well. Yeah. www.panamsportschannel.org and be able to watch the finals going on. I think there are next games, the next finals are taking place on the 23rd. So, hey, Thanksgiving Day, you know, once you get some meal in your stomach, you know, put one TV for football, one TV for wheelchair rugby. Yo, match it up. That's called a family event right there, baby. That is a family event right there. I love it. I love it. You know, so I uh, check that out. All right. So next up, you know, I like going a little bit more international to those that don't know very much about it. Safari 7s took place uh this weekend as well uh this week as well and uh man so if you don't know what safari sevens safari sevens is the annual sevens tournament that takes place in kenya it is a 26 year old tournament uh the best of africa um usually i think only south africa doesn't particularly participate because south africa never participates in at least the men's side almost never participate in any of the continental competitions I, i you know I, I, I get it, but still kind of insulting to some extent. But I get it, whatever, whatever. But this year, uh, out of came out of it, uh, the Kenya men, who we know are perennial seven stars in Africa, ended up winning and the Robin Cahill trophy. And then what was groundbreaking was the Uganda women defeating Kenya women to win the Robin Cahill trophy. Now, what makes this historic is this is the first time that this trophy has ever entered into Uganda. First time ever. And a lot of people don't realize, I think, uh, because obviously, you know, if you're not watching, there's so much rugby and it's so hard to see every one of it. So it makes sense. But if you're not paying attention, Uganda rugby sevens is low key kind of a beast. Like they're kind of a beast. Like. Yes, ignore the turmoil that is currently happening within that country with resources. And it's kind of BS. That's happened. There's a whole other conversation right there, but um, man, Uganda's rugby team is steadily developing. I look at them as the other side of uh, Jamaica, like Jamaica and Uganda have very, very similar paths that are happening right now. And this is a team that did well and look it's not even to take away from the men's side because the men's side, even were able to uh, find uh, to be able to find uh, some wins as they ended up beating Germany 31-7 to to win the third place match. So it's not like there's any slouches that are happening over here. Like, the Uganda men and women have been steadily doing, killing it on the continent year in and year out. The only issue that's had is that when they get to the HSBC um, entry tournaments that happen, whenever what, whenever they get to Australia, choose on the, web, Australia or Hong Kong, when they get to Hong Kong, you know, they're just not able to compete at the level. And you're talking about a team that has almost no funding. Like they do not have the same amount of funding whatsoever. But like, I've watched them consistently. They're fast. They are strong. They're lanky. Like, whatever it is that they do, they are able to do it. They just are slightly smaller than the Kenyan guys. And that, you, that team that played, that Uganda men's team that absolutely mollywatted Germany, like, kind of barely made it, lost, barely lost to uh, Kenya. Uh, the uh, samurai team, 21 19. Like, it is, it is absolutely beautiful to be able to see. I cannot wait to be able to get a tournament to be able to get them over here uh and be able to play a match with them find a way to make it happen in some way shape or form and but yeah gotta make it happen in some way shape or form but i want a big congratulations to present awareness to that because yo this is how you develop your tier two you need to let them people know about what's going on because these are the teams that you want to be able to compete with and be able to want to bring in because they have more and more people up there um it's uh, more and more people, more and more growth that happens within the country itself. All right. All right. And then lastly, I'm not going to worry about ads. Lastly, we want to talk about strongest brands in rugby. All right. Hold on. Let me let me remove my butt kicking music. We, we, we did that. We're, we're good now. We're good now. Strongest brands in rugby. All right. And now there was a study that was done. I actually saw this article initially on aplanetrugby.com, which basically announced that uh, the New Zealand All Blacks have had one of the greatest increases in the value of their brand, as well as have one of these have the strongest brand as well. And that is not surprising. I, I think we could all expect that. Um, but what was interesting was the breakdown. Now, this was done by a company known as um, known as Brand, uh, where they called it BrandFinance.com, uh, and they uh, clearly were trying to be able to create an establishment for for the brands for rugby. And it looked like you know your top ten is basically what you would expect it. Uh, It starts off as the most valuable brands being the New Zealand All Blacks, uh, England Rugby at two, uh, French Rugby at three, uh, Irish Rugby at four, uh, Wales at five, uh, Wallabies, I'm sorry, South Africa at six, Wallabies at seven, Scotland at eight, um, Japan at nine, and Italy at ten. I was actually a little surprised about Japan, as being one of the valuable ones because right now, okay, they take in all blacks at $282 million worth of brand value. um, And the lowest being Italy at $22.4 million worth of brand value. Kind of interesting to me. Uh, And some of these were, this was also kind of done right before the rugby world cup ended. So I think this is actually probably adjusted a little bit more now, but this was done like around October or so. Um, So, you know, it's taken with a slight grain of salt. But what I did find also interesting was the fact that the strongest brands are not necessarily the wealthiest, are not necessarily going to be the wealthiest, which is really the one switch was uh, Wales and South Africa. So New Zealand was still the strongest brand, uh, even though it had decreased um, in brand value um, uh, over to, since 2019. Um, England holding strong uh, France, increasing its value as being a number one in the world before the Rugby World Cup. South Africa, it claimed that it it's going down, but I think at this point it's probably increased past uh, France after winning the Rugby World Cup and not past England, uh, Ireland, and then Wales, uh, Australia, Scotland, uh, Japan, and Italy. So, The one thing that made it really interesting to me was, one, the amount that the highest brand value, and this was also taken into consideration, sponsorships, um, social media uh, impact, um, uh, fandom, um, and there was one more, there's one more that was was taken into consideration um, to add to the market value. uh loyalty uh staff uh and ability to attract uh customers so you know we know new zealand even whenever they were having quote quote a down year this year uh they still had dominance on the pitch they were able to do it off the pitch the investment by uh Leaf made a big different made a difference in terms of their increase it uh, in terms of their increase of uh, their brand value. Um, merchandise was still up. So like New Zealand has been able to stay pivotal and that makes a difference because they, they have no population. So if you can hold and still have no population, it's it's significant. England, I was actually surprised at how high it was. I'm not surprised by the value of the brand because we know RFU has the wealthiest um, is the wealthiest rugby union. And even with the losses of teams in the premiership, uh, the England national team is definitely going to be funded well, even if they disappoint, which we know they disappoint quite often. Um, And then France and Ireland actually were the ones that I was surprised. France, not so much, but Ireland. I know Ireland's brand value, I would have thought their brand value went up, but I didn't think that their – I'm sorry, their brand strength would go up, but I didn't think their brand value would go up because, again, limited country – uh, only so many sponsors, and uh, I, I didn't know if there had been such a significant increase in the number of their uh, merchandise, and obviously, they have a loyal fan base, so I think that probably played really heavily. They broke down an explanation. I don't want to go into every detail of it, and um, you guys can actually find it, the the full explanation, um, and download the full thing at uh, branddirectory.com uh, slash rankings, to be able to check out the, the full report and they break it down per, per each one, but a lot of it. And I, that's why I said, I think South Africa at this point is higher was because fan loyalty and the the awareness that they got. And I think the winning the rugby world cup definitely puts teams up with ease, with ease. I just, I love it. This is just good inside baseball. And also speaks also to the volume that there's not a huge volume height of it. Even Italy, that Italy and Australia that are actively struggling in their rugby unions both have relative top 10 values. Japan is the one that I think is surprising, even though now they're tier one, but they have not been considered a major tier one. And the fact that they're over like uh over uh, a Fiji or they're over uh, a want to get one of the good rankings. Because the rankings make the difference in that, too. Like, over, over Argentina, that's not even in the, the mix. Over Scotland, like, that one actually surprised me. At neither the value or the strength were there. Um, and still, even the fact that they're over Italy, uh, like, that's significant. That's a big deal. And I, probably a lot of it has to do with the professional team that sticks there in Tokyo, so... Some that you guys can absolutely take a look at and uh, to be able to read a little bit more and see what they have going on. But y'all, y'all, that's all that we have for you today. You know, uh, I want to thank you guys for taking the time. Thank you for all the new subscribers that came in. Shout out to those that want to support Squidge. Um, I don't know what to do. Apparently, they're still in a a, 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 a offset with Squid Rugby. So, you know, let's hope that they get their stuff done. And obviously, he's going to continue pushing out his content best he can. And I know there's been some uh, random places around the Internet to be able to find his stuff. So it's really dope that everybody was in it. And I'm glad that I was able to provide a, a direction for, for that support as well, um, as much as most of y'all. But As always, I always want to say, especially because Thanksgiving is coming up, yo, I hope that you guys are being able to be with friends and family. And if you can't be with family, I hope you're with friends. If you can't be with friends, I hope that you have an opportunity to do things with people in a friendly manner or just be able to chill at home. Really just be able to to be in peace. That's all we want to be able to have for this Thanksgiving day so that you can have the thanks that you absolutely deserve. So, Please absolutely check out some of our other episodes, definitely some of our interviews from the past. I always say we're going to bring them back. We'll probably bring them back to 2024 more consistently whenever people are just more in the mindset to be able to get things out. It just just takes time when multiple things are happening at the same time. But in the meantime, I hope that you are happy. I hope that you are healthy. And most importantly, I hope that you know that you are truly highly favored and loved. Until next time, y'all. Cheers.